0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey McLeary. So tonight is another game for the Red Sox versus the Rays. I'm going to give a preview of that game, talk about how the Red Sox have played as of late, and recap last night's win over the Tampa Bay Rays. I'll also give a breakdown of some stats as well for some plays that have been heating up as of late over the last month or so. So let's start off with last night's win over the Tampa Bay Rays, which gave the Red Sox their third win in a row in their first win at Tropicana Field after a 13-game losing skid. The Red Sox lost 13 straight games at Tropicana Field before last night, winning that game, which was a huge win for the Red Sox, and it puts them right back in the mix for the Wild Card. It puts them right back in the mix, which even though it's still a long shot to make the playoffs, the Red Sox still have a chance where they currently stand. Last night's win was huge, 7-3 win over the Rays. Brian Bale got the start for the Red Sox, picking up his 11th win of the season, going six innings, giving up three runs, seven strikeouts, two walks, and 96 pitches. Then the Red Sox were great out of the bullpen when came in, two strikeouts, no walks, no hits allowed in an inning. Same thing with Chris Martin. Chris Martin. Goes an inning, two strikeouts, no walks, no hits allowed. And then Kenley Jansen comes in and gets three outs on eight pitches, no hits, no walks. So the Red Sox had three great innings of relief there from Winkowski, Martin, and Jansen. Four strikeouts combined, no hits and no walks. As for the Red Sox offense, though, they really got things going with Tristan Costa's turning the game around yesterday. The Sox had know, 3 0 in the first inning. They kept battling the whole game, though. They got a run in the fourth inning with an Adam Duval single that scored Rafael Devers. And then in the sixth inning, Tristan Costas comes up to the plate with the Red Sox, conveniently down 3-1. to With two guys on base and Tristan Costas at the plate, with one out, Costas hits a three-run home run and puts the Red Sox ahead. And conveniently, I said, because the Red Sox were down two runs at that point. So when you have two guys on base and Costas at the plate, with one string of the bat, you can take the lead. And that's what Costas did there with a huge three-run home run, his 23rd home run of the season. Costas comes up in the eighth inning, has another RBI, with a big single to score Rafael Devis. And then right after that, Masataki Yoshida followed it up with a home run. Two-run shot, his 15th home run of the season, giving the Red Sox a 7-3 lead. And that's all the Red Sox needed. Big 7-3 win. Aaron Savali got the start for the Rays. Went five and a third innings, giving up three runs, 12 strikeouts, three walks, 98 pitches. The Red Sox really got things going, though, later in the game against the Rays' bullpen, which is, honestly, typically the Rays' strong suit is their bullpen. And it's been what has hurt the Red Sox over the years. The Red Sox have had games where they could score runs against the Rays' starters and then the Red Sox bullpen somehow finds a way to implode and the Rays bullpen has always been deep and always had found a way to get outs and win games. But that wasn't the case last night that the Red Sox got a big win. Now they are 72 and 66 on the year, which is huge. Now the Red Sox go tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays yet again and play them again tomorrow. So if the Red Sox could find a way to win one of these next two and take two or three from Tampa Bay, they get themselves right back in the mix of the AL Wild Cut. Yes, there's still a ways to go. Four and a half games out right now. Four and a half games back behind Texas for the last Wild Cut spot. But Texas is struggling. They've lost six of the last 10 games, and they play the Houston Astros tonight and tomorrow yet again. They lost last night to Houston and have two more against them. So if the Red Sox could find a way to win tonight with Cuttercroft on the mound, they can gain more ground on at least Texas or Houston, depending on who wins that game, and on Tampa Bay since you beat them head-to-head. And I do think the Red Sox win this game tonight. They got Cutter Croft on the mound. Last start, he did struggle against Houston. Six earned runs with seven hits allowed and two and two-thirds innings pitched. He needs to be better tonight. And frankly, I think he will be better tonight. The Red Sox need him to step up, and he's found a way to keep the Red Sox afloat during this season when they really only had three starters at one point, with him being the third one. When they had two openers for every single week, Cuttercroft was the third starter for the Red Sox, and he has found a way to keep them afloat all season. Even though the last outing against Houston was tough, two outings ago he went up against the Los Angeles Dodgers and went five innings, seven strikeouts, a walk, four hits allowed, and two earned runs. He was good in that game. He's 6-7 on the year with a 4.08 ERA and a 1.14 whip. On the mound for the Rays, it is Zach Eflin, who is 13-8 on the year. One of the best pitchers in the American League, especially wins-wise. He owns a 3.4 ERA and has a 1.02 whip on the season. Very good pitcher. The Red Sox actually had a shot at him in the offseason to get him. He got the same contract offered, the same money from the Rays that the Red Sox offered him. He ended up choosing to go to Tampa Bay since it's closer to home and it ended up working out for him at the end of the day. as 13 wins on the season. So he made a good decision for him at the end of the day, but the Red Sox obviously could have used him this year. But the Red Sox are finding a way now to win games. Two or three against Kansas City, even though Kansas City isn't a great team. You still have to beat the teams that you have to beat. They took two or three against Kansas City, even though they lost the first game last Friday night in a blowout game. I mean, that could have been demoralizing and you just lose all three games to Kansas City. They found a way to battle. Win Saturday, win Sunday and then win Monday against Tampa Bay. So that was their first win at Tropicana Field after losing 13 straight games. And part of the reason the Red Sox still have a chance is because they have four and a half games out, but they still have a lot of games left against teams that are ahead of them. So they play Tampa Bay tonight and tomorrow, and they have two more against Tampa Bay at the end of the month. They have three more games against Toronto, at Toronto, three more games against Texas, at Texas, Seven versus Baltimore, which at the end of the day, they're not going to catch Baltimore. But Baltimore may be already resting guys by the time the Red Sox play them at the end of the month. The Red Sox have Baltimore for four games the last series of the year at the end of September. Those four games, Baltimore could rest some of their pitches and maybe some of their starters. Who knows? We'll see how far up they are and see if things work out that way. But there's a chance they could rest some guys. And that would obviously help the Red Sox and their playoff chances. But who knows? That doesn't really happen too much with teams just rest guys at the end of the season. Maybe some injury-prone guys or pitches that you don't want to pitch before the playoffs. That happens. But typically you keep some of your starters in the game always. And you keep typically the same lineup so they're not cold by the time the playoffs do roll around. But maybe there's a chance that the Red Sox have a chance to maybe take three or four there against Baltimore. Who knows? That's just a guess. But they do have three versus Toronto, three versus Texas, seven versus Baltimore, four versus the Yankees. And then also have two more against Tampa Bay tonight and then two more against Tampa Bay at the end of the month. So they still have some time to make things up. Those four games against the Yankees, the Yankees have started to turn things around a little bit as of late. They're only one game out of 500 right now, 68-69. The Red Sox really need to beat them probably three out of four in that series against the Yankees. They probably have to go one and one in these next two games against Tampa Bay to win the series, and then probably take two of two, I'd say, against Tampa Bay at the end of the month when they play them. Probably two or three against Toronto. 2-3 against Texas, and they probably need to go maybe 4-3 and three or 5-2 against Baltimore. At the end of the day, that still may, may not be enough. That's just the reality. When you put yourself in this position where you have to win just basically every single game at the end of the season, you put yourself out there to set yourself up to failure at the end of the day. If you put yourself in this position, you're setting yourself up to fail because there's no way you're going to win every single game now from the rest of the season on. But at the end of the day, they still do have a chance. If they can find a way to win every series and some of the teams ahead of them get a little cold, who knows? There are some teams though, with easy schedules though ahead of them. Toronto has an easy schedule left. Seattle has an easier schedule than the Red Sox left. Even though they do have some tough games, they do have an easier schedule than the Red Sox. Red Sox currently right now have the third toughest remaining schedule in the major leagues. St. Louis has the hottest schedule remaining. Then Washington, then the Red Sox, and then Tampa Bay at four. So that could help the Red Sox. Tampa Bay still has six versus Toronto, four versus the Red Sox, four versus Seattle, and four versus the Orioles. So we'll see what happens there. As for the Red Sox. They have seven versus Baltimore, as I said. Four versus the Rays. Three versus Texas. And three versus Toronto. Then, they do have some easier games, though. Three versus the Chicago White Sox. Probably have to take three of three in that series. And have four against the Yankees. Probably need three of four in that series as well. What I'm trying to say here is the Red Sox still have a chance. Even though they're four and a half games out, and it's still a long shot. And I wouldn't say they have a great chance of making the playoffs because they don't. They still somewhat have a chance of making the playoffs. Who knows? You win tonight, and you win tomorrow, you'd sweep Tampa Bay on the road at Tropicana Field, a place that you haven't been able to win for years, and you would set yourself up to have a chance to make the playoffs. So at the end of the day, even though it's still a long shot for them to make it, they are still in the mix and still have a chance. And even though that could be wishful thinking, I'm not going to completely give up. There still is a month left to go. A month left to go right now where the Red Sox currently stand. And they have a lot of games against teams ahead of them. Even though it is still unlikely they make the playoffs, and I admit that, and I know that, and I'm saying it to you right now, there is a very good chance they still miss the playoffs. They still have a chance of making it. So I'm not completely giving up on this team. I'm not completely giving up. Last week at this time, I was trending towards giving up because it was very easy to give up considering how poor the Red Sox were playing a week ago. But taking two of three against Kansas City and winning last night... If the Red Sox can win today with Cutter Croft on the mound, that would be huge. Puts a lot of pressure on Tampa Bay to wake up tomorrow. And if the Red Sox find a way to win tomorrow, that would be a sweep at Tropicana. We'll see what happens. But I think the Red Sox do win tonight. Not sure what happens tomorrow. I'll make a prediction on that. Maybe after tonight's game. But I think the Red Sox win tonight at Tampa Bay yet again. As for some news for the Red Sox, Jaron Duran is out for the year with a toe injury. This news came just about a week ago now. Today is his 27th birthday. So happy birthday to Jaron Duran. And I'm happy to see his growth this year. And that's the main thing. That's one of the biggest takeaways for this Red Sox team this year is Jaron Duran's growth, Tristan Costas' growth. Two pieces to build around for the future that turned around their struggles at the plate. And even though Duran's injury is a tough end to a season, he had such a great breakout year. And I predicted him to have a breakout season. I remember in the Red Sox game against, it was the Northeastern Huskies, their exhibition game at the start of spring training, I said the Red Sox i going to need Jaron Duran to break out this year. I said, Jaron Duran is a guy I'm not going to give up on like most people have. I think he can still be a good player for this Red Sox team. And what did he do this year? He broke out. Finished here with eight home runs, a 295 batting average, an 828 OPS, 24 stolen bases, and 34 doubles. His speed you really can't teach, and it is such a weapon for this Red Sox offense. And if you look at it, the struggles of the plate obviously improved. He became a much better hitter and much better at the plate. He wasn't swinging at things out of the zone anymore, which he used to a lot in the last year or two. But he also became a much better defender. And he's a piece, obviously, that the Red Sox are going to build around in the outfield for years to come. He's still under control through the 2028 season. So obviously, this was a big building year for Jaron Duran. But the future is still bright for him. It's going to get even better. Even though this was a big building year and people might think he's not going to replicate that, I still think he can. I still keep confidence in this kid. And I'm happy to see his breakout season be this year. Because it's perfect timing with the struggles last year, being able to turn it around and completely get himself back on track as a hater and also as a defender this year, put it all together on both sides of the game, offense and defense, that is obviously huge. So I give credit to the kid. Obviously, all the work he put in during the offseason, it all worked out. As for Tristan Kostas, he's another young piece that this Red Sox team is going to build around for years to come. He's up to 23 home runs on the season with a 268 batting average and an 871 OPS. Since May 3rd, Kostas has played in 97 games, making 85 starts, in those 97 games, he has 20 home runs, 51 runs batted in, a 302 batting average, a five fifty seven slugging percentage, and a 947 OPS. He has completely turned it around this year at the plate, which is obviously huge for the future of this Red Sox team. And he, just like Jaren Duran, is under control through the 2028 season. In his last 26 games since August 6th, Casas has 7 home runs, 19 runs batted in, a 330 batting average with a 614 slugging percentage and a ten forty one OPS. He's been one of the best hitters in the American League since the start of May. And that's another guy, even though he had struggles defensively at first base, and I thought the Red Sox needed to help him fix that, and obviously he had his struggles early in the season, especially in April, I stayed with Casas. I still believed that he could turn things around because he was young, and he was still such a great, patient hitter at the plate. He, was, he wasn't swinging at things out of the zone. It wasn't like he was striking out and going 0-4 every single night at the plate. That wasn't the case. He was still a very patient and good hitter and knew the strike zone very well. Has a very good eye at the plate. So I knew his struggles could turn around. I knew he could get himself back on track. Maybe not to this degree, though. I didn't see him hitting 302 though, in the last 97 games he's played in. But at the end of the day, I knew he'd somehow turn things around. I saw the power, and obviously you see the patience at the plate. It was just about putting it all together, and he did that now. He's done it. And obviously people really criticized him early in the season, especially in May. But now people are taking back their words on Casas. People are taking back their words on Jaron Duran. Two guys... They were easily criticized more than any player on the Red Sox over the last couple seasons now. Casas this year, Jaron Durant last year, and they both completely turned things around. Casas in April, people wanted off the team, and they wanted Bobby Dahlbeck to be the starting first baseman. Even though Dahlbeck has been very good in the minor leagues, especially this season, the Red Sox gave him a chance all of last year. So it was time for Casas to get a chance, and obviously he took advantage of the moment. And hopefully Dahlbeck is back for the Red Sox at some point. He's been absolutely raking for the Worcester Red Sox, though, in AAA. One last part I want to mention is Adam Duvall. In his last 14 games, to the Red Sox, he has been on a tear. He's back to the Adam Duvall from the first week of the season before he got hurt. He's hitting 396 in his last 14 games with a .962 slugging percentage, a 1411 OPS, eight home runs, 17 runs batted in, and six doubles over his last 14 games he's played in. He's up to 273 for batting average on the year with 19 home runs and a 920 OPS. That is unreal. He has been an absolute terror. The Red Sox needed him to be the hitter he was at the beginning of the season because the Red Sox offense at the beginning of the year was lethal when he was as hot as he was to start the season. Then when he got down with an injury, the Red Sox went on a little bit of a losing streak at one point, especially when he was cold too. Even when he came back and he was cold, I was even saying the Red Sox got to keep Jaron Duran in the lineup and got to stop believing in Adam Duvall. I was a big critic of Adam Duvall, especially in July when he came back and he was really struggling. I thought the Red Sox should have stayed with Jaron Duran being the everyday center fielder. But the Red Sox saw Duran being a lefty and not being an everyday outfielder, considering they wouldn't start him against left-handed pitches. But for Adam Duvall, he's been great. And I'm happy the Red Sox kept him. I was wrong about wanting to trade him. I'm happy the Red Sox kept him, especially over the last 14 games. 3.96 he's hitting with eight home runs and 17 runs batted in, with a 9.62 slugging percentage and 14.11 OPS. It is hard to take him out of the lineup, especially how hard he's been. And with Jaron Duran being out for the year, Duvall's needed out there in center field. So obviously the Red Sox need him to continue to be hot, and hopefully the Red Sox can find a way to win tonight's game against the Tampa Bay Rays. As I said, it's Eflin on the mound for Tampa Bay and Crawford on the mound for the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox get this win, though, tonight. I have confidence that this team can win yet again tonight in Tampa Bay. We'll see what happens, and if I'm wrong at the end of the day, it's all wishful thinking, because I still believe that even though they're four and a half games out, there is still somewhat a chance that the Red Sox can make the playoffs. It's not a big chance. It's not, it's not a strong chance. It's probably about 10%. But there is still a chance that this Red Sox team can make the playoffs. So anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. and Hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.